Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Stock Market Investing with the Armor Report. I'm Brett Rosenthal. This is our Saturday show. We do it every Saturday. And the object here at the Armor Report, which stands for Algorithmic Risk Management Research, is to bring individual investors together with a flow of institutional proprietary information. That's the goal here. We call it the Armor Investing Way. It's a three-stage process. We build our whiteboard, which is fundamental analysis, and I'm going to share with you information I've gathered on different companies, and I've been doing this for over 35 years, so it's a process that I go through, and I'm going to share it with you. Then we move on to our algorithms. We have proprietary algorithms that help us know when to commit capital to the market, when to take capital out of the market. We use these algorithms for big indexes, for group analysis, and for individual stock uh, decisions. And I'll share that with you. And we wrap the whole thing up with a disciplined approach to stop losses. It's really that if you took nothing away from these conversations, the, the number one difference between an individual investor and a professional institutional investor that's successful, at least, is the ability to protect capital, stop losses, get your ego out of the way. We, we try to do that every single day. And I try to share that with you. So today what we're going to do is we're going to Try to break this down into simple segments. I want to make this easy to understand, easy to execute. We're going to look at the market indexes and where they are. We're going to look at what we call the risk monitor, which takes seven algorithms and the top seven indexes we use to determine risk, tells us when to commit capital, when to take it out. I'm going to go over with you what the setup is and what might happen next week that will change that setup. Then we're going to look at stocks to watch. So that if the setup changes next week, how do we build a portfolio? I'm going to share with you how I go about it in my head, breaking it down. These, are, these things I share with you are about my personal assets, how I manage my own capital. So I'm going to show you how I break it down and what the stocks are that are at the top of what I call my whiteboard, which is another segment of the Armor Report. So Armor Insiders, subscribers, have access to these segments of our website so they can see it as it changes throughout the week. I'm going to share with you in a minute quick snapshots of what it looks like. Um, then I want to drill down real quick and talk about our two favorite groups. The discussion I want to have about cannabis is not going to be very long. It's pretty simple, but I want to touch on it. Then we have to discuss precious metals again. And once we're done with that, I'm going to get to your Q&A. So fill up the board with any questions you've got, and we'll take all the time we need to go over it and look at charts together. All right, so um, step one, this is the Armour Report, okay? So this is the website. We click on Armour Insiders, and now I'm taking you behind the curtain, as it were, into the Armour Report, which breaks down really into four segments, portfolio updates, whiteboard, exclusive video coverage, and the risk monitor, okay? We have the captain's log and investing rules of the road. Captain's log is like a blog. I update that almost every day. And these are the rules of the road I've learned over the years of doing this that I share with Armour Insiders. All right, so first step is to look at the um, risk monitor today. 
Okay, and the risk monitor basically breaks down into red, green, and yellow. Okay, as you can see, we're still on a risk monitor red signal. So what does that mean? In order for, um, and you're going to see something very interesting in a minute. Before I jump in, as my seven-year-old son reminds me, I'm supposed to ask you, and I'm going to do it again, and eventually I'll get used to this, give me a thumbs up if you enjoy this conversation. It helps me on YouTube. It helps me grow what I consider to be an army of analysts. We're all in this together. We all share ideas together, and we use the armor algorithms like a tank division to support us as analysts. So let's build this community. Thumbs up will help me do that. And if you want to subscribe to this channel, you could certainly do that down here. Thank you, son. Um, and that's Levi telling you to subscribe. All right. So the risk monitor red signal. I'm going to show you something very interesting about confluence in the market. There's seven indexes we follow, kind of eight now. The indexes are the S&P, the Dow, small cap, the NASDAQ 100. Those four are the most important. And we have the secondaries, which is the momentum index, the value index, the IBD 50. And I'm really starting to watch the ARC Innovator Fund. Okay, so those eight indexes really drive our risk decisions. We have algorithms written for them. What would get the, the risk monitor to go from red to green is when we get confluence. Confluence is when all the indexes start moving in the same direction at the same time. That's when we have the highest probability of success investing. What we're picking up with our algorithms and with this confluence is an institutional footprint of capital being put to work. William O'Neill might call that accumulation days. There's many different ways to do this. We have our own. And we are, I'm clearly an acolyte of William O'Neill. I've been following the Investor's Business Daily and that whole approach. I suggest if you haven't yet done it, you should read the book, How to Make Money in Stocks by William O'Neill. That's the cornerstone of my entire approach, right? So what's interesting yesterday is that if you look at the website, ibdinvestors.com, they've just gone to their own risk monitor green signal, right? It was an unconfirmed market under pressure for all, all the, the whole week. And then on Friday, the market had a huge update at the end of the day, and it flipped their monitor to green. Ours is still red, right? We need a little bit more work that'll happen next week. If it happens, it'll go green. Let me show you what confluence looks like on a very small scale of an intraday chart. So what we look for are daily and weekly confluence where all the indexes move in the same direction. Probabilities are at their highest. Our job as professional managers is to put capital to work when probability is at its highest that we can make money where reward is worth the risk. That's the equation. That's the number one rule on the investing rules of the road, the armor report. Do that every single time before you hit the buy button. If you find yourself buying things where a roll of the dice has to hit snake eyes for you to make money, that's the opposite of what you want to be doing, right? So when we get all the indexes doing the same thing at once, it's a footprint of the elephants moving in a direction, the herd of elephants starting to run, and that's when we want to be involved. So take a look at this day trading chart. Now, 
Some of our insiders know this. We share our day trading screens for the first couple hours of the morning. And what you're looking at here are three-minute charts of the S&P, the NASDAQ, the small cap index, and the Dow. Uh, let me increase the size of this so you can see the correct scale. Okay? Uh, and this is the ARC fund right here. And what you saw on Friday from 3 o'clock to the close is what we call confluence. Every index looks almost identical. This mass hysteria to put money to work in the last hour of trading. Now, that doesn't change the risk monitor. We're going to need follow through on that mass hysteria. What we don't know and what's a little concerning for me and why I, and I imagine why the uh, um, well, the armor algorithms, they always take time. They, the algorithms are built. I wrote them, right? They're built to um, get confirmation of a move. I'm never trying to get day one of the move. So what I like to say is in any trend, downtrend or an uptrend, you can have two days that go against trend, counter trend moves. It's day three that matters. So in this case, Thursday, the market bottomed and reversed. Friday, the market melted up in the last hour. I mean, the market didn't look too good leading up to the last hour. And then it had a melt up for reasons that nobody can really explain, but we can discuss. And I don't really care. It's a question of what happens Monday. If we have another strong day Monday, it'll be three up days in a row. And that will, in all likelihood, change the armor algos to risk on green. It may not. It may not. Armor Insiders, we're going to update this throughout the day on Monday. At the end of the day, I'll be sharing with Armor subscribers what's happened. But it's very possible that a strong day Monday would flip the switch. What's very odd to me is the behavior in the last hour. So I try not to read too many tea leaves, and I try not to sit here and guess what's going to happen next. So I'm just going to wrap it up with this, and we'll move on to the next segment. Um, that looked like program trade. That looked like quarter-ending type of behavior. There were some massive option trades that went off for reasons I can't explain. Nobody can quite explain, but it happens at the end of the quarter. And that could be cross-currents creating a false positive. The cross-current shouldn't last, right? So if it's just a kind of a strange option type of trade, you know, quarter end type of action. That's one hour's worth of trading. And on Monday, the whole thing unravels by the end of the day. If that's the case, risk monitor won't change. Still be, still be defensive, right? But if there's follow through on it, then you say, okay, that was the start of something. And we'll get more exposure in our portfolios. Okay. So, if we look at um, just looking at the S&P again, because I like to go here and we like to look at, right, the Andrews Fork, we found support twice on the 50 and we closed dramatically higher at the end of the day because of the last hour of trading, right? So theoretically, if we take out the high of Monday, this market could take off and we'll have to remain vigilant, Okay. 
the flip side is the ARC funds. So you have the NASDAQ, the ARC funds, the Dow. The Dow is going through the roof. Industrials, the ARC funds, which are our old, you know, favorite 2020 stocks, are looking to make a double bottom at the 200-day. If that holds, we're going to want some allocation there. So let's talk about how we build a portfolio now next week. First of all, I'll, I'll share with you... Um, I'm going to share with you the Armour Report. We'll go back to Armour Insiders, and what we'll do is we'll look at the whiteboard. Okay, now I change this whiteboard constantly throughout the day, uh, maybe at the end of every day, whenever there's something important to change. Top of the whiteboard names are names that are near buy points that we have an interest in. Okay, top shelf names are what I call pop the water bottle fundamentally. These are names I love. Doesn't mean I can own them. Right? I might love Roku, but the stocks are going straight down, so I don't own them. I might love all of these cannabis stocks, but they're selling off uh, on every piece of good news, so I don't own them. Right? But these are the names that I don't want to miss. So every time they set up, we want to get along those names. But if we look at what's at the top of the whiteboard right now, it's a whole bunch of industrials. So let's talk now about how... I would put together a portfolio if we get a risk on buy signal. What I like to do um, in some market environments last year after the market cratered, we had 60% of our money in precious metals. That was just the easiest trade. It was a no brainer trade for me at the end of March last year. That was just, that was, that was a simple trade. It's very rare. I put on a trade that big in a normal environment. And then, of course, again last year, which is not a normal environment, we had probably 60% exposure to disruptive growth. The Zooms and the, and the, and the Teladocs and the you know, Fastleys and the, of the world, all those names, um, um, the Etsys and the Pinterests and the Snaps, those were, those were the whole portfolio at one point. Right. The world we're in today, I think the market's totally different in 2021. And so what we're going to be doing as we put money to work is – earmark a certain amount of capital for each sector that you want to invest in. Then you go and you break down how many stocks you want to make up that exposure. Example, I've got to have exposure to steel stocks. Okay. It's just a no, it's a no brainer. I, I've totally missed Nucor. Okay. Nucor has gone ballistic. Okay. Steel dynamics has gone absolutely nuts. All right. But here are two steel stocks that haven't broken out of pat patterns yet. U.S. Steel is a cup and handle right now, right? And Cleveland Cliffs is making a nice pennant formation. Now, we've done the work fundamentally on both of those names. They made some serious acquisitions last year. They've, they're basically turnaround stories that are, that are slimmed down and geared up for the new world we're going into. So I might have 10% of my capital in steel. I'm going to put 5% on each of those names. Then what we're going to do is say, we want to have some exposure to energy, all right? We're looking for chart patterns that look like CVX. We're looking to build a portfolio where we have bottoming pennants like this. These are, the, these are the charts that are working best for us, right? Bottoming pennants that break out, pull back, find support, right? CVX. Right, the pipelines, Kinder Morgan, right, Embridge, 
don't forget, guys, I'm sharing ideas with you that I own personally. I'm not telling you what stocks to buy. I don't know you. I don't know your risk tolerance. I, know, I don't know your goals. I couldn't possibly tell you on YouTube what stocks to buy. And please don't listen to me or anybody else on YouTube and run out and do what they say. Because your risk tolerance, your portfolio is going to look different than mine. So what I'm sharing with you are ideas that are working for me. Then you go do your own due diligence to see if it fits into your strategy. Okay? So we're going to have a certain amount of, of capital exposed. You see the pipelines are just solid, steady stocks that are moving higher and paying us a fat dividend. Okay? So we're going to have maybe 15% of our capital in energy. If we're going to do energy for my money, I want energy that pays me a dividend. That's for my money. You could do anything you want in energy. There should be an allocation to energy. There should be an allocation to steel. Okay? I like an allocation to auto. My, my focus is going to be General Motors because I like that chart pattern the best. And what we're looking at is a long-term breakout of GM and a pennant formation. This is a more aggressive chart pattern than the others I've showed you. Okay? But GM looks great, and I don't know if I'm going to buy Ford, but I don't know how I own GM without Ford. It's the same story. It's the same type of pattern. I mean, it's the same pattern, let's be honest. Just a little different. This is the cup and handle here, and it got kind of ragged. It pulled right back. They did a secondary, right? They, what was it, a couple billion dollars of convertible debt, right? So if the stock can stay above the 50-day, that stock should be owned, right? So I might have... 10% of my portfolio in those two names. So what you want to do is think about building a portfolio where you have allocations to sectors that make sense to you. Energy for me, energy, steel, auto. Okay. These things make sense to me. Um, I'm going to want a, an allocation to big cap tech. At some point, the triple Q's are going to break out of this consolidation. They had a 12.5% correction, which is healthy. They're going to go back above the 50-day. If the, if, if the NASDAQ takes out the high of that down bar right there, okay, we're all, we're, we are in all likelihood going to get a risk-on buy signal in the NASDAQ 100. I love a market where the NASDAQ 100 is a risk-on buy. I love that market, okay? And so what I'm doing now is how do I want to play that? You can Buy your favorite big cap names. I've got names on the whiteboard we want to own. We already do own, okay? But I could also, and I may do this, because sometimes at the beginning of a new risk on signal, I don't want to try to cherry pick which big cap tech stock is going to work. I just want big cap tech exposure. And I can do it by owning the ETF that's twice the triple Q's. So I get twice the performance by buying QLD. And I know people say to me, well, you lose value if you hold it too long. It's not a lot of value you lose. If you go look at the performance, if I hold this thing for three months and the NASDAQ's up 10% and this thing should be up 20%, but it's only up 19.73%, what difference does it make? It's still giving me the performance I want, which is basically almost twice the performance of the Qs. So I'm getting big cap individual stock performance in an ETF with no single stock risk. 
That's an idea I like. In certain markets, I like to do that. I'd rather do that. It lowers my risk. I'm not picking a single stock. The whole market goes up and that stock doesn't respond because for whatever reason, let's say you choose Apple and Apple decides not to respond. You've got to get paid in a market like this. This year is like a swing trading market. It's not, it's not the same investing market we had last year. So when you get that move, you want to get paid. Right? But here are a couple of big cap names on our list that we already own. We'll probably double these position sizes if we get a risk on buy signal. Right? Facebook, we bought right in here. Stock's breaking out. It looks great. Microsoft has outperformed a lot of its peers throughout this whole process. Right? I'm going to want to have big exposure there. Here's Fiserv. This is a really interesting stock with a solid chart pattern. I might want to own that. Some of you guys that do research on, probably haven't heard guys talk about Fiserv a lot. Okay? But those are just three examples of the big cap tech names. So, oh, I'll give you one more. You got to respect Cisco. Something's going on at Cisco. That thing is, you know, skyrocketing. Would I chase it? No, I'm not going to chase it. But would I um, buy it on weakness if it sets up? I probably will. And then you have to take a look at Sienna along with it in the bigger cap arena. That's a nice cup and handle on Sienna. And don't forget, if you look at Sienna, you got to take a peek at Infinera because these two stocks run together. And they're, they're being led by Cisco. I'm not even sure I need Cisco. If Cisco is going to blow out, then Infinera and Sienna can be the names I own. So my point is, I'm going to build a portfolio. I'm going to allocate assets. I might allocate 20% of the portfolio for ARC type of stocks, disruptive growth things. I might just buy the ARC fund. You know, coming off a double bottom and massive ass kicking in its head. It, sometimes it's best just to own the ETF, capture that first move higher, book your profits there and rotate into your favorite names when you know money's coming back into the space. It limits your risk on the downside if things implode again, but you still capture upside and then you're able to earn the right to take more risk and start buying your favorite names. This is just ways to think. Now let's skip over to precious metals. Um, now let me, let me talk cannabis real quick. Let's talk cannabis, okay? I know this is a topic of discussion. Okay, so this is one of our favorite topics of discussion. Okay, MSOS, one of my favorite stocks. This is the best way to play cannabis. I always think that I, I, I like the management team, all that. You've heard me talk about it. Okay, but the simple fact is what we have here is what looks like a head and shoulders breakdown. Okay, on cannabis. And sometimes you can draw, you can draw, look, chart patterns and drawing is in the eye of the beholder. Okay. So if you guys want to debate it with me, you feel free. It's like a waste of a time debating, though, because we all have a different way. It's almost like an art, right? But there's the neckline. This is one shoulder here. This is clearly the head. This is the other shoulder here, okay? So when it broke down right here, we booked our profit. We bought here. We booked some profit here, right? It broke down, rallied up, and we bought some right here as it tried to reemerge and break the downtrend. It failed again, so we immediately got out, right? So now the stocks are all a lot lower than where we sold them. So some of you are the belief that you should be investors for the long term. You could just hold on to these stocks. 
have a core position. I wouldn't argue with that. Go ahead and do that. I just, I just hate giving back profits. I, I hate seeing my net worth decline. And I hate forcing my will on the market. I don't care how great these names are or how much I love them. I need to protect capital. In May of 2019, I thought these were the greatest ideas ever. I sold all of them and they dropped 50%. And a lot of people out here that I respect held all their positions all the way through that collapse. 50%? And then they reversed and went higher. Well, we bought them back at dramatically reduced prices. I had a huge run. So I've already done it once. I've already protected capital and bought the stocks back cheaper. Now, I don't know where these stocks are going from here. I might buy them back a lot cheaper. I might pay more for them. I really don't care. What I care about, number one, is protecting my capital. And number two is capturing upside. And there will be all the time in the world for me to put money in cannabis stocks when they start going up again. It doesn't matter if I miss the bottom. I don't care. And when, when would I buy? When would I try to catch a falling knife? I wouldn't do it right here. This could be a double bottom. That's great. If these things break out next week, I could be buying them back. But if I'm going to do any bottom fishing, it's going to be down here, the 200-day moving average. That, that's where I'm going to be buying these stocks if I'm bottom fishing. Okay. Um, a couple of things that disturb me about cannabis right now. Let's, let's, let's review when we make money in cannabis stocks and when we're not. When we're buying these, if, if one is buying these stocks in the midst of the hype and the excitement, you, you generally lose money. The time to buy these stocks, like for instance, last year, right off the bottom, Biden had not won the presidency yet. Nobody knew that was going to happen. But we started getting buy signals off the bottom in front of the election. We were buying using our algorithms because the reward to risk was right and the probabilities were in our favor. I didn't know Biden was going to win. We didn't know Congress was going to go blue. We bought weakness. And then the news story started coming out in our favor and the stocks kept going up on positive news. What's going on today? A lot of expectations are already baked in. How many times are they going to tell me New York has just legalized? What matters is price reaction to news, not news. And every time you get these stories now, over the last month or so, blowout earnings announcements, reasons to sell the stocks. New York is a, a legalizing, reasons to sell the stocks. And then we start to see some cracks. This is not going to be an easy investment theme because we have to count on politicians to do the right thing. That's a disaster. So what I'm, I'm watching price action. I would love to buy these things back when politicians screw up something and people panic and kill these stocks. I guarantee that's going to happen. Some politician somewhere. I don't know if this is the case, but I know down here in Florida, 
There's a couple of idiot politicians trying to cap the limit on THC. And it's not just happening in Florida. It's happening in a bunch of states. At ridiculous limits that don't even, that don't even make sense. I mean, they're not even scientifically, they don't even make sense. Okay? They're just, they're just people who hate cannabis, so they're trying to figure out how to stop what the majority of the people in this state want, which is recreational use. Right? But there's always a couple of, you know, whatever, politicians that don't get it. Okay? And so what if that went through? I don't even know what the effect would be on a true leave if that law, if that turns into law and you can't have a THC product with more than 10% potency. I mean, would they have to destroy a crop? What would they do with the crops that they have? Like, I, I mean, I don't even understand it. Maybe somebody can help me with that answer. Todd, I'm looking at you, brother. You know, am I making a mountain out of a molehill or is that an issue? Well, I look at stock price performance and it starts to concern me. So I won't let it concern me too much. If the price performance changes, I'll be back in these names, but for now I'm not. So let me wrap up with this thought on precious metals and then we'll get to Q&A. And I don't even know if you can wrap up <laughs> precious metals quick, but um, I don't want to spend too much time on it. I just wanted to share with you uh, the chart pattern of what's going on in gold and silver. Okay. So I talk about, I talk about, this is the price of gold, right? I talk about when is the best time to, um, uh, all right. When's the best time? to buy cannabis on weakness when no one likes them, right? Before Biden wins victory. I mean, wins the, you know, has a victory. Before Congress turns blue, that was the time to own them. When is it the time to own precious metal stocks? When everyone thinks I'm crazy. When everyone says, what a waste of time. When everyone says Bitcoin's taking over. That's the time you have to start watching precious metals for a change in behavior, okay? And what I submit to you is this last week right here, going into the end of every month, gold and silver prices usually go down. It has to do with futures and rolling and all this other stuff I'm not going to get into. We have non-farm payroll next week. Typically Friday, first Friday of every month, non-farm payroll. They love to beat up gold and silver. So what I'm suggesting to you right now is we're starting to get action in the metals and more importantly, the stocks. And let's just look at the number one stock in our portfolio from a, from a metal standpoint. And that's going to be Newmont, which I believe is the only gold stock. This, I don't know if this is true, but it's one of, the, one of the only gold stocks, maybe the only gold stock in the S&P 500. I'll have to take a look and see if that's true. I could be wrong. Don't quote me on that. Okay, that's an unbelievable pattern for Newmont. When you look at the price of gold and you see the price of gold hasn't gone up yet. So for those of you who understand precious metals investing, the stocks lead the metal. The stocks go up first, then the metal starts going up. The leadership is starting to show relative strength. We're at the end of the month where typically metals prices get wrecked 
they're not getting wrecked. They've already been wrecked. So now they're bouncing a little bit, which is interesting. If metals can go up next week and have a strong close to the week in the face of non-farm payrolls, then we really know we're on to something and we're going to want to increase position sizes. Okay. And so we're going to allocate a certain portion of our portfolio to precious metals. I'm going to go with big caps first, oil, gold, Bank of Nevada, okay, wheat and precious metals. These are some of my favorite big cap names, Pan American Silver, which is right at the bottom of ranges. You know when you want to buy these stocks? When nobody likes them at the bottom of ranges. When they start to break out, let me tell you something, brother. You cannot chase these stocks. You've got to have your position on, and when it hits, you book some profit. You sell 25% of your position, boom, right there on the big up day. Wall off your risk, raise your stop, and let it go. If it takes off and runs, you've got your position on. If it comes back down, hits your stop, so what? You made some money on the trade. It's a swing trade. That's how to handle these stocks, and we're going to be focused on that next week for Armor Insiders. All right, let's get to Q&A. Thanks again for joining me and spending time. Don't forget, hit that like button for me, please. <clears throat> let's build our community, okay? Let's share ideas. So now let's take a look at um, <laughs> um, Sean says, let's take a look at CTS, CTXS. Oh, Citrix. Huh. All right. Well, um, I don't know enough about Citrix right now. I haven't looked into their business in a while. But that's certainly a compelling-looking chart pattern. If there's something cooking, anything cooking there, that would be interesting. Um, next up, PLTR, long-term thoughts. Um, you know, I, I do like uh, a Palantir. And notice how this chart looks almost identical to uh, the ARC funds, right? So it's a stock that goes up and down with the ARC uh, Innovator Fund. Um, I, you know, it's on my radar, but it's not something I have an interest in owning at the moment. Um, what else did I want to, you know, something else in that space I wanted to share. I can't remember right now. Maybe it'll come to me. But um, we'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Nothing, nothing new to report there, though. All right. You wouldn't touch gold this year, Stephen. Well, hey, man, you don't have to. You know, feel free to follow whatever suits you and fits your um, investment approach. So um, never, ever take my advice on a situation and buy something like Newmont if it doesn't, uh, if it's not comfortable to you, right? If you don't want to pick up the dividend yield on Newmont um, uh, and have that as part of your portfolio, you certainly don't have to. Brett, any um, idea on VRNO? Oh, I have no idea. No idea about that. And I'm not a big um, Bitcoin. Um, I'm not really interested in Bitcoin, obviously, at these prices. I mean, truth be told, I've missed it on the way up. So you don't necessarily have to listen to me. But take a look at what's going on in the Bitcoin stocks. They're all breaking down from awful tops. And so um, here are my favorite Bitcoin names, Silvergate, MicroStrategy. These are the names I'd like to own. If I was going to own Bitcoin again, and who knows, maybe uh, SI is making a nice pennant, you know, so we'll have to watch that closely. 
but um, these aren't really uh, the, 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 the patterns that interest me at the moment. You know, I'm not here to convince anybody of precious metals. You have to understand the story on your own. But um, what's coming uh, on June 28th, which I've talked about before, and um, the tier one asset release of gold uh, and the necessity, I mean, the absolute necessity for banks to have the price of gold go up and for governments to have the price of gold go up to balance um, the massive amount of liabilities coming out of the pandemic makes um, GDX and GDX type stocks down here a very compelling, and this is the key now. This is the key now. It's reward versus risk when probabilities are at their highest. That's our job. It's not chasing something that's already through the roof because when you're doing that, the reward from there is limited versus the risk you're taking and the probabilities are completely against you, right? So, you know, here's an example of a chart pattern. Like, that's a pattern that really intrigues me. Higher lows, nobody cares about it. Uh, and, and I mean, no disrespect, Stephen, but Stephen hates the idea right now. When Stephen, when you decide you want to buy these stocks, in all likelihood, I'll be selling them. So just uh, remember that before you, before you chase them, okay? Uh, and here's a pattern that looks very much like this. This worked out well, right? So here's Lockheed Martin. We were buying Lockheed Martin right in here, the armor report. Stock's breaking out. Nobody cared about it relative strength of five. Perfect bottoming pennant. The reward's great. The risk is minimal because you could see the simple stop. Those are my favorite setups. Um, solar plays, right. So Run is one of my favorite um, uh, solar investments. And I've got my eye on it, right? Uh, it's on the 200-day moving average. It's trying to make a bottoming pennant here. I had an interesting um, a comment from, I think it was an Armour Insider, who said, what about TAN? And I really like that idea, maybe even more. I, I might just want to own the whole group. Instead of trying to cherry pick the solar ideas, go with an ETF with all the solar ideas. Y you know, making a double bottom at the 200-day. That, that might be the way I decide to play that. CCJ. Um, I'm just sharing with you my thoughts on what's the right entry point and setup. We want to try to buy things that are here on the chart, okay? And so what I don't want to do is chase things that are running. Obviously, that was the right entry point. Somewhere right in here was the right entry point. So I, I don't have any comment up here. But I'm trying to find charts that look like this, right? And here's a chart that looks like that. Oh, oh, look, look. It's just started to make higher lows. It's just starting to make a bottom. Those are the charts I'm looking for. What's your opinion on the ascending top pattern development NTR? Nutrient. Hmm. I don't know how I'd look at that chart. I mean, it's a lot of stops, starts and stops. Again, um, I'm just trying to focus us on where do we want to buy the stock? Oops, that's not what I wanted. Right? 
So I'm just going to keep drawing these so you guys can understand what charts I'm looking for. This is the, this right in here, this is the structure to buy nutrient. Buying it up here, the reward to risk matrix doesn't work for me. The armor algorithm won't put me into the stock up here. It's trying to put me into the stock down here. Once this happens, it's, it's gone for me and I wouldn't be paying up for it. That's just me. I'll tell you, if you want a nutrient stock, here's a stock that looks buyable again. Now, again, obviously the time to buy Scott's Miracle Grow is really in here, right? Right in here last year. But what I will do is I'll look for setups that look, and I'm just going to blow this up a bit. You know, a breakdown below the 50-day that reverses, goes back above, it makes a little pennant, right? So it was a, th this was the most recent breakout. If I was to buy Scott's Miracle Grow correctly, it would have been right in here and it blew out. So there's two times where I like to buy stocks, the armor investing way. There's two areas. One is the original breakout, which is right here on Scott's Miracle Grow. The second is the first test of the 50-day moving average that holds. So going back to CCJ, right? The breakout here we wanted to own right in here, which we didn't get. Then the first pullback to the 50 we could have bought, right? And now it's gone. I'm, I'm not chasing that name. If we look at NTR. Oops. So the original entry should have been right here. And it really hasn't done anything except for kind of stair step up. So I just, I don't see another structure there. And so I just can't, I can't do anything with that. Do I like um, QQQJ? Vesco NASDAQ, next gen 100. Um, I don't know it, and I think I'm going to have to take a peek at it. That's an interesting idea. It has a chart pattern very similar to the ARC funds. I'd have to go in there and see what's, you know, what's in the QQQJ. So I appreciate that idea, and I will do some work on that. Next Gen 100. It's interesting. We might find some good ideas to cherry pick off of that list. A-R-K-X. What did I do wrong there? A-R-K. For some reason, I can't get to A-R-K Innovator is the one I like. That looks like a double bottom right there. So honestly, um, I have to see the asset go above the high of that bar. The high of that bar is 122.68, I think. So if it takes out 122.68 and breaks the downtrend and breaks the, the big down bar right there, I might get more interested. All right, here's a question from Mo. Thoughts about tax strategy when trading stocks? All right, Mo, I know we talked about this. You're an Armour Insider. We talked about it. Um, but I'm going to share it with you again. Um, so when we trade in and out of things like any other trader, day traders, right? And there's like, um, Mo, there's, you know, millions and millions of people making a lot of money day trading. So what we recognize is it's a living that we're making as we're trading or even swing trading. We're making a living. And the income we get is going to be taxed at our ordinary income rate. 
We just accept that. We can't match the losses if we haven't waited 30 days. There's a wash rule. We, we just accept it. Now, if that's uncomfortable for you, then you've got to invest differently. Okay? I've always lived by the philosophy that the government is going to take its percentage. The market will take it all. I can't tell you how many people I've watched um, throw away money because they didn't want to pay their taxes. So they held on to an investment and round-tripped the whole thing. Talk about cutting off your nose to spite your face. Okay, great. They didn't have a tax bill. They didn't have to pay the government, but they didn't have any gains either. And in a market like this, I don't know when a stock that's just rocketed 25% off the lows is going to reverse and implode. So what, I don't sell it because I don't want to pay taxes on it? I just, I just don't think like that. Now, I know some people do. I respect it if it's a problem for you. So my suggestion is, is this. Keep better records of what it is you're trading and trade like, trade um, um, the same type of stocks, but not the same stock every 30 days. So if it's really bothering you, get a spreadsheet going and say, here's, um, I, like, I like these five steel companies, right? You put a trade on, you get stopped out. The next time you want to put money in steel, buy a different steel stock. I mean, use ETFs, right? I mean, I'm going to buy, you know, um, um, a bunch of steel stocks, you know, or, or I don't know, I'm trying to think of an example. Um, oh, here's the perfect example. Let's say we go out there and we buy GDX and GDXJ right now, and we get stopped out of it two weeks later for a loss. And then a week after that, we get another risk on entry point in GDX and GDXJ. Don't buy the ETFs because you can't, you're not going to be able to keep that loss, right? Because it's a wash rule. Turn around and buy the top five names in the ETF. Right? I mean, that's really easy. You go to ETF.com. You pull up the ETF. It shows you the top 10 names. It actually shows you every asset. But you can look at the top five to 10 names in the ETF. And so you could argue in any 30-day period that you could own the ETF, and if that doesn't work, but you have to buy it back because you get a risk-on signal, you go buy the stocks. You know, and so there's different ways to do it if you wish to focus on your on your taxes. Current thoughts on Kern. And let me just say the last thought, Mo. Um, you don't have to trade that aggressively. If you don't want to trade that aggressively, then what you want to do is follow the Armour Invest portfolio closer and use wider stops, right? And own names. What do we have in there? The Lockheeds, the Waste Managements, the AT&T, the Verizons. And you don't have to really trade them. As long as we're in an uptrend, the market's not imploding. I mean, we still own them. You know, we, we only have about half of our portfolios invested yesterday. And we had a really strong day in the portfolio. We made money. It was a good day. You know, market reversed and went up. You know, we, we own a bunch of dividend paying assets, you can build a portfolio like that and stop trading. So it's the type of asset you buy as well, Mo. It's the type of asset. Buy big cap blue chip stocks with dividends. Um, it's going to be a different experience than if you're trying to buy ARC 
type of stocks. And so it'll be easier to trade less and not trip over tax issues. All right, getting on the Kern. I still love Kern. I still love it. I haven't bought it yet. I don't own it. I don't own cannabis right now, Deb. So it's like I can't go out there and say, you know, but if I was just looking at the stock of Kern and not looking at cannabis in general, you know, right in here is where I want to own it. And I would use the low of this bar right in here as my stop, you know, maybe even this low. And, and let me tell you something. If Kern breaks out above the 50-day, I'm going to have to get some of it. You know, so I'm tempted. I, I wish cannabis would stop going down because this is a stock I would buy. But again, that's not for most people. Deb and everybody else, please understand that Kern is a like micro cap stock. I mean, I could be way wrong on this thing. So do your own due diligence, please. Wheaton head and shoulders. All right, let's let's talk about head and shoulders patterns. Let's take a look. You think Wheaton's got a head and shoulders pattern on it? Where, where, where? Where's your head and shoulders? You want me to draw this? So what is the neckline? You want me to put the neckline here? Or you want me to put the neckline all the way down here? I don't know. I think I'd probably put it right there. And so you're saying, here's the shoulder. Here's the head. Here's another shoulder. It just doesn't look that way to me. But again, you know, um, technical analysis is in the eye of the beholder. But that looks like that to me. That's the pattern it looks like to me. I don't really see a shoulder here. You know, and that's a tiny, it's a tiny shoulder over here. So to me, this pattern looks more like a wedge. It's either going to break out the bottom of the wedge or break out the top side. I don't know which. But the risk rewards right. If it breaks out the top side, the stock's going to scream. If it breaks down below, you know, these prices right here, I'm out of the stock. So what's the what's the harm? The low right there is 36.81. By the way, I don't own the stock right now, but I'm just saying, 36.81 would be my stop on it. The stock closed at um, uh, 38. So my my risk is minimal. My reward's enormous if this pennant breaks out. But again, I mean, to, to each his own, man. So, you know, don't let me talk you out of your stance. Which solar ETFs do you like? Well, I just like the TAN stock, you know, T-A-N, but I'm sure there's others we can look at. But I like, I like TAN. I like what's in it. It trades a lot. It's a liquid asset. And it's just a great way to own solar stocks. You don't have to cherry pick, you know. Um, okay. Any thoughts on Rio? Yeah, I know. I was looking at Rio. So funny you brought that up, ID Doc. Mo, I, I, I just, that chart looks awful to me. So I don't really have an interest in Rio. Um, and BHP looks exactly the same. And, and Valley looks, you know, I don't like any of those patterns. So I'm going to go, I'm going to go with other names. You know, I just don't like those patterns at all. And again, uh, don't forget what I'm trying to do is create a portfolio allocation. So I'm looking at industrials, industrial metals. It doesn't have to be those three names. It could be steel. It could be some iron ore companies. I, I don't know. There could, there's other names and better chart patterns for my allocation in my portfolio of industrial metals or base metals or that kind of thing. 
T-E-C-K. Well, that's a pattern that's broken to me. So what I'm looking for right now, if I put money back to work, is stocks that have held above the 50-day moving average. That's what really interests me. Or stocks that have immediately recovered above them. If they've broken down, I have less of an interest. You know, here's an idea I really haven't, we haven't talked about today. Look at General Electric. Double bottom at the 50-day. That looks really compelling to me. Look at that pattern, and it's a turnaround story, and it goes hand-in-hand hand with Boeing, which looks to be putting in the same type of a bottoming pattern. Gold and silver have been money. as money for thousands of years. William, brother, I can't, I can't agree with you more, I, I, although I would, I would say that I don't think fiat is going to end horribly, you know. It may, like, I don't know, 100 years from now. I, mean, I just, I don't, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Fiat's going to be around. And, and I'll tell you why. Because I think what's about to happen with gold becoming a tier one asset, January 20, it's already a tier one asset, but 100% release on that asset, June 28th, um, is that you're going to see a revaluation of gold a lot higher. And then countries that have fiat currencies with a lot of gold behind it, like the United States of America, could end up seeing a strong dollar. You know, um, see countries like China and, and Russia buying tons and tons of gold, you know. So I think what you'll get is currencies backed, fiat currencies backed by dollars. But we're just waxing poetic here. We don't know what we're going to see. And, you know, who knows between now and, and the end of time. But um, I do agree with you that gold and silver do hold value. And even though there's been massive manipulation, it looks like that manipulation is coming to an end. I don't know if it is, but what I do know is I try to get on the right side of probabilities when rewards worth the risk. And the reward at this stage versus the risk, which is a tight stop loss, it's easy to see, the reward's enormous if, if the revaluation occurs that, that we're looking for. And that's why I'm spending time looking at it and making it an allocation in my portfolio. Oh, uh, ARKX is a new space ETF. Great. I have no interest in that, but thank you. Thank you, Ares, for telling me that. I, I don't, I'm not investing in space right now. I don't think it's the right market for that. Um, that's an interesting thought. Weakness into weakness. Well, let's take a look at GDX chart and see what I'm talking about. So when I say buying weakness into strength, this is what I'm looking at, okay? This is the strength in GDX. So the long-term trend is clearly an uptrend in gold. And the weakness we've seen has driven it right back down to the uptrend. So we're buying weakness in an overall strong chart pattern. Loyalty play, OR. That's an interesting pattern. A little wide and loose and kind of all over the place, but holding above key moving averages. Uh, 
William, thanks for that. I'm going to write that down, do a little bit of research on that. OR. <laughs> All right, guys. It seems like we're at the end of our Q&A. I appreciate your time today. Uh, as always, hit that like button. Just, you know, really smash it to help me out. And I look forward to seeing you all again, of course, next Saturday, Armor Insiders, 8.30, bright and early Monday morning for our morning meeting, get ourselves ready for the day, Um, because it's going to be a big day. I mean, Monday is going to be a big day. We're either going to have that um, follow through from the last hour's insanity, or we're going to get a, you know, immediate sell-off, because we'll find out that last hour with some weird trade options related end of quarter, whatever, and the whole thing implodes. And so it really comes down to what Monday is like and and how we want to behave from there. And so I'll be sharing with you more details at 830 about exactly how I'm going to break down my portfolio, the swing and the invest, what are the allocations I want for each and what are the top stocks that I want for those, you know, for those allocations. So that when we see the the, the behavior in the market, if it goes one way or the other, we'll know how to react. We won't have to do the work. We'll already have done the work. That's the point of the armor investing way. Get that whiteboard ready. So when you get the risk on signal, you know how to act, you know, and you're not a deer in the headlights, you know, just scrambling. All right. So I'll be working on that all weekend. Okay. Take care guys. Have a great, um, Have a great weekend. Thanks for joining and uh, be safe on Monday, I guess. Take your time. All right. Don't shoot these little whites of their eyes. Take care, guys.